Ron and Anian. You know, I come home at the end of the day and I always talk to my family. You know, how was your day? And, you know, we always have that conversation. And that's really what I try to convey to you here. You know, we always get these couple of minutes in the beginning of the show to talk and just kind of warm up the base, so to speak. The Car Doctor. If you're towing in, in fifth gear, like towing 2,000 pounds, am I prematurely wearing out the clutch on that vehicle? I think it depends on where and when. First of all, is the vehicle as it's set up rated to tow that 2,000 pounds? Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, welcome. Ronnie and the car doctor. Come on and sit down. Let's talk. 855-560-9900. The car doctor's 24-7 number. That number again, 855 560 9900. Let's uh, pick up the phone. Give me a call. We can talk about your car and its problem. And keep in mind that that number is 24 7. You can call, leave a message, and we will get back to you and put you in the lineup uh, for the following week. We are live, as I always tell you, out on the network Saturdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you um, call 855 560 9900, leave a message. We'll call you back. and uh, Or you can call and you know, talk to us live during those hours, even if you're not listening. Uh, you know, it might be on an affiliate that takes a delayed broadcast. Maybe you're a podcaster. Maybe you're a streamer. I mean, good gosh, there's so many ways for everybody to take calls now um, to call in and do this. That, uh, you know, that's the way you can do it and uh, be part of the Car Doctor Show, as well as, you know, get out to the website, cardoctorshow.com, podcast at TuneIn, iHeart, iTunes.com. I want to talk real quick um, about TPMS lights because this is a phenomenon that I'm seeing that's going on, that's kind of driving me crazy, and I think it's real. TPMS lights are starting to come on and become more of an issue. We're getting a lot of people passing, hey, the light's on, now what do I do, so on and so forth. When I look back, you know, traditionally, tires are checked because nobody checks tires once a month like you're still required or still thought of as being necessary to do. When I look back, it's to me, it's because of the longer oil change intervals, and and, and this is an issue. So... You know, gone are the days when the majority of cars were three to four months, three to four thousand miles, and you could cycle things and 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 stay on top of tire pressure and not get caught in the seasonal change. Because keep in mind, when a door placard says you know tire pressure is supposed to be thirty four pounds, they're talking about thirty four pounds on a sixty eight degree day. So when you put air in the tires on a an a 88-degree day, um, you've got to compensate and adjust for it, and, and, and that becomes an issue. So let's just suffice it to say that if you, don't want to, if you want to avoid being caught in between and you want to avoid TPMS lights, just start thinking about, you know, how one pound of pressure has changed for every 10 degree of up and down. Um, so you want to stay on top of that and maybe check your tires on a regular basis because we're seeing a lot of TPMS lights uh, um, really becoming an issue. So let's uh, let's real quick, let's open the garage doors and uh, welcome Steve from Iowa with some questions about a catalytic converter issue on a 2006 Honda CRV. Steve, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hello. Okay. I've been, I've been told a lot of things. Okay. My emissions, my catalytic converter, 
I've been told was bad. Okay. Okay. They printed it out. They got the machine. They checked out what the uh, computer said in it. And they said the, the catalytic converter was bad. Now, Honda, one place wants $1,900. Another place wants $1,000 for the poor thing. Okay. Another, and then auto, auto something, I forgot what it was called. They said $131. My question is that. Okay, why the price difference? Do I need right? You ever, you ever, you ever, you ever that, not, I, let me let me explain it ahead. like this, Steve. You ever you ever buy a hot dog? Do you like hot dogs? Of course. Okay, so you ever buy a foot long? A, foot uh, long, a, a foot, long time a, ago, yeah. A, a foot long hot dog is a good hot dog, right? And it, it lasts a long time. Uh, best, yeah. And then you get you get a shorter yeah. hot dog, and it doesn't last as long. All right. It's still the same Correct. thing. It's still a hot dog, okay? Catalytic converters are the same way. The difference is how long it will last, all right? And even though, you know, the auto zones and the cheap white box auto parts are being touted as, you know, lifetime warranty, how many times do you want to go through it? The facts are still the facts. The laws of physics are still the laws of physics in that the bigger catalytic converter has more material in it so that it will last longer and give you, you know, the most durability, reliability. The real question is on a 2006, on a 10-year-old car, how many miles are on this now? 150,000. Right. You know, how, how long are you planning on getting out of it? Another 50,000 miles? Would you be happy with another 50,000 miles out of this car? I figure it's still paid off, which is about two years. Okay. So let's say you do 20,000 miles a year. Another fifty thousand, you're in good shape. You're probably okay with that thousand dollar catalytic converter. All right. Difference being, as long as it's a good quality piece, like for example, if it's a Walker, Walker makes a great aftermarket replacement cat. Will it last as long as the Honda piece? Generally not. All right, but look at the price difference. It's half the price of that OE cat. Okay. So as mm. long as long as this has been diagnosed properly. Because there are a lot of there are a lot of reasons why a P zero four twenty or a P zero four thirty catalytic converter efficiency code can come on, and they're not catalytic converters. It can be a thermostat, it can be a fuel trim issue, it can be an oxygen sensor problem, it can be a bulletin and a reflash. There's a bunch of reasons. So on the assumption, which is a dangerous word on family radio, that this really does need a catalytic converter, and I'm not saying it does or doesn't. I'm just going with what they diagnosed for you. Then the the, the right. nuts and bolts economic decision, if we were standing at the counter in the shop, comes down to, I would sit there and say, Steve, if you're trying to get another two years out of it, I think the thousand dollar cat is going to do you well. Chances are you'll get three years out of that catalytic converter before the law of averages says there may be a problem. But the fact is that cat from Walker is warranted somewhere between three and five years, depending upon which one of their which one of the Walker line it is. Walker. So you know, as long as it's a good name brand cat like that, you're under warranty anyway. The hundred and thirty one dollar cat, the only thing I would use that for is a doorstop. All right. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust that to do anything unless I'm planning to drive the car for two more weeks, in which case I'll just turn off the light and drive it and get rid of it and who cares. Um, cheap parts are cheap parts. Okay. I I don't find I don't find that the cheap parts really work and do what they're supposed to do, and that becomes an issue unto itself. 
Um, so just be mindful when you when you do replace this that you want to be sure that you know you're doing a cat and you're doing sensors to go with it. All right. The only other question I could have here is: Does this vehicle have an oil consumption issue? And if it does, then you've got to address that before you put a catalytic converter on it because oil consumption can damage a cat and obviously coat the cat and shorten the lifespan of it. So there's a lot of factors to to, to take a look at here. Um, will that cheap cat work? Yeah, the question is for how long. Will it work as long as that $1,000 cat? No. Will the $1,000 cat work as long as the $1,900 cat? Maybe. And that's the difference. And the reason for the hot dog conversation is because an OE cat is, let's say the OE cat's the foot long and the $1,000 cat is 10 inches long and that $131 cat is is roughly four inches long. It's it's half the length of the OE cat. It's less than half the length of the OE cat. And um, it's definitely smaller than the uh, replacement $1,000 cat. So all that, it's the size of the cat. It's the size of the material in the cat that determines just what's going on. I hope I didn't confuse you. I hope that cleared it up for you. I'd go with the $1,000 cat if that's going to be the case, as long as they can tell you, yes, that will fix the car. Hey, coming up next, I understand the boys are telling me that we've got we've got Jim McGinn on from uh, Diablo Sport. He's on the line. We've got an email we're going to talk about. So we're going to do that when we get back from the break. And then after Jim, we're going to pull over and take a ride out to Vegas and talk to Tim McDonald from Mitchell One. Tim's going to tell us what's coming up at the SEMA Apex show as far as the folks from Mitchell are talking about. So you want to stay tuned for that. I'm Ron and Annie in the Car Doctor. We'll be right back. Car Doctor. Hey, we're back. Ron Andy and the Car Doctor here. Let's do a quick piece of email. This one comes to us from Phil in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Phil writes, hey, Ron, I've got a 2012 Camaro SS. I'm interested in increasing performance, and I'm wondering what you can tell me about some of the things you might like to do. I know you're an old school hot rodder, but I'm thinking something new school. Where can I go get an education? Phil in East Stroudsburg. Phil, I'll tell you what, great question, and I get these a lot. And you're right, I am a little bit of an old school hot rodder, 55 Chevy and all that stuff, but I'm also new school. And I thought I would go right to the front of the horse. As they say in The Godfather, I went to the mattresses, and uh, I got one of the best to help me with this question, that being Jim McGinn. He's vice president of marketing for Powertech Diablo Sport, and uh, we're here with him today, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about performance and programming and tuners. Jim, welcome to The Car Doctor, sir. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. All right, you're very welcome. Um, how, how would you answer Phil's question in, in terms of that 2012 Camaro SS? What can we do for him? Sure. So at Diablo Sport, we have a, one of our flagship products is called our i2. Uh, it's a handheld performance programmer, and we, we sell those by OEM. So we do have a GM uh, SKU there for the SS, and I believe he said it was a 2012. So right. uh, typically what you have, uh, when, when, you know, if you've got the box in front of you, you're pulling it out, you, you're going to pull out a handheld performance programmer, and you'll have an OBD2 port that uh, connects directly to your device and your vehicle. It's how we communicate and essentially rewrite and flash your computer for optimized performance and also some other custom settings that you may want set in that vehicle. But, you know, bottom line uh, for your for your customer that called in here is that you're looking at uh, up to 25 horse and 25 foot-pounds of torque on the performance tune. Uh, we also have uh, the ability to calibrate for gear and tire sizes there if any of that has been done. 
and uh, we can also do some uh, adjustments for uh, for spark timing in advance of retard. Have 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 performance programmers evolved in in, in the last I don't know five ten years? I mean, it's it, it seems like it's gotten very very high tech now. It has. It it really has kind of followed the trend that we've seen in the automotive space as a whole, as far as you know, cars seem to be computers on wheels now. Um, you know, the form factors for us at Diablo, like a lot of things with smartphones and other pieces of technology, it has shrunk. Uh, so the you know the size now you're looking at you know the equivalent of holding a smartphone in your hand as before you were. You know, some of these things used to come in in shoe boxes almost. They were so big. So you know, you're not popping the hood. You're connecting directly to the vehicle through your OBD2. It's what we call white glove technology, and so it really has made it from a, a user standpoint quicker and easier uh, than ever to tune your vehicle. If if Phil you know goes through with this and he's and he and he's playing with different tunes, he can get really deep into a custom tune. Correct? I mean, how 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 far will the programmer or will an Intune I2 take him? Sure. So all of our uh, I2 programmers also are compatible with what we call CMR, and that's a uh, that's custom tuning software that we've developed at Diablo, and we have dealers across the country that carry this software. And so typically what someone will do if they're going to start going into what we would call more stage two or three modifications is they go to our website, they look for a CMR dealer, and then these uh, dealers would be able to work with you based on reading your VIN to customize a custom tune for things such as, you know, injectors, headers, cams, whatever it may be, if, if, if and when that customer is ready to kind of take their build to the next level. And so that really um, adds some detailed customization to the product line if and when the customer wants to take it there. Um, you know, out of the box, it's going to come preloaded with, with three to four tunes, depending on the vehicle, at, at different octane ratings and also different settings that are available. Wow. Just you're covering the gamut. You're doing what I did as a kid in terms of custom tuning and modification. And sure. And you're doing it through the, as you say, white glove technology. Uh, SEMA's coming up, Jim. You guys going to be there, I'm sure. What's uh, What new product, any new product coming up for uh, the SEMA trade show for the announcement, for the release? Sure. Yeah, we will most certainly be there. Um, we will be right across from our colleagues uh, at Holly and MSD. We were purchased by them almost a year ago now. So we'll be uh, in the central hall, real close to the Ford booth, which we're excited about because we expect pretty good traffic. Uh, but this year, you know, we'll, the I2 will certainly be showcased. We also, for people that, that may know Diablo, they may be familiar, familiar with the Predator. And that was a programmer that really put Diablo on the map when it comes to performance technology and, and custom tuning for vehicles. So um, we will be reintroducing the Predator at the SEMA show, which we're really excited about. I think people will be impressed when they see not only how it looks, but what it's capable of doing uh, in comparison to its uh, its predecessor in the marketplace. So you know, we'll have some other announcements that we plan to make there, but Predator will certainly be in the spotlight as a, as a new uh, version of the uh, the product that really caught people's attention in the marketplace for, you know, 10, 15 years. The, the Predator was the bolt-on fuel injection unit, correct? Well, the Predator originally came on as a as a handheld uh, programmer. It did work, as I mentioned previously, with uh, with some of the custom tuning features. So if people were doing, you know, bolt-on cams or headers, it did accommodate uh, to allow you to tune for those settings. But I think what you'll see now with, with the Predator before, it was a larger device that's still connected through the OBD2. This one will, uh, you know, it'll follow the trend that you've seen with Diablo and lots of technology as a smaller form factor, 
quicker when it comes to updating and write times and, and software updates. So if Phil and East Stroudsburg wanted to go one step better, would a Predator be something that he would look at? It'll really depend on the feature set that the consumer is looking for. The i2 is certainly considered the flagship product for Diablo. Um, we're also, you know, capable on the i2 of adding multiple vehicle licenses, which is a pretty unique feature, particularly if someone has multiple vehicles. Um, so rather than going out and buying a tuner for each of your cars or your trucks or whatever it may be, with the Intune, you know, you can actually add a vehicle license uh, directly through Diablo Sport. So it's what we kind of call powering up your driveway. Now the the Predator, um, as far as a value-oriented product, is quick, easy to use, and, and I really think you know the group here believes that the Predator had a very strong name in the market, and so we're really excited to bring that back and really cater to the late model muscle car crowd that uh, that kind of came to love that product. So it'll evolve over time as far as what it offers and, and what it can do for the consumers, but off the bat, I think it's going to turn heads and at a minimum, it'll be something that uh, is welcome back into the industry. That's kind of neat that Phil could, you know, get an I2 for his 2012 Camaro SS, and if his wife has, you know, the mom mobile, um, theoretically he could tune that as well just by buying an additional license. Yeah, and, you know, it goes to show that, you know, what you mentioned earlier about technology. I mean, that that is an area in which, you know, really we – we hadn't explored that. It wasn't necessarily feasible previously, but now over the past couple of years, um, based on some feedback we get from consumers and, and the technology that, that it's available to us, we can, uh, we can keep the product relevant without necessarily having you go out and buy another one. Right. So it's, we're excited it, about that. It's, it's, it's software updates and changes like that. You got it. Yeah, crazy stuff. Jim, listen, I appreciate you taking the time and answering Phil's question like that for us. I know I pulled you out of a meeting to do this today. Um, just real quick, where can the listeners go uh, for more information? There's got to be a website. Let's have them. Absolutely, yeah. Diablosport.com, that would be the best place to go. You can read about the i2 and all the different products that we offer. Wonderful. Hey, Jim, listen, my best to you and everybody out there at Diablo Sport, and uh, maybe we'll bump into you out at SEMA, the specialty equipment show in Vegas coming up. And uh, thanks for taking the time today. Appreciate your time. Thank you. You're very welcome. I'm Ron Annie and the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Ending the car doctor here. We were, um, um, and I was glad to have Jim again from Diablo Sport take the time today. I appreciate that, Jim. Thank you very much. And um, you know, it's 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 about information, right? And as, as Jim provided it, now we're going to shift gears and go to the other side of the equation and and talk to a gentleman we've had on the show many many times before. And it's always a pleasure to talk to him, Tim McDonald from Mitchell One. And Tim's going to stop by right now and talk to us about. Well, I've got a quick question for him about something I saw in the shop, and then he's going to tell us a little bit about Vegas, Tim. Boy, this time of year comes up fast, huh? Hey, Ron.
Ron. You know, really glad to be with you today. It seems like it comes up about every six months now, right? Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's either that or we're getting older and the time is compressing. No, and, don't um, talk about that part. Yeah, it's it just it. <laughs> I don't want to. You're right. Um, what started this for the listeners this year? And um, I brought it up first, and, and and Tim stopped to take a look at it from his busy schedule. Uh, Mitchell sends out what we call what? What are they, Tim? They're they're um, sure track repair fixes. They're real fixes from SureTrack. And and this one kind of got me. It was a 2004 Chevy Impala with a battery going dead that turned out that the cause of the battery going dead was an intermittent failure on one of the AC blend door actuators, where the actuator would it would, would activate itself and, and get stuck in a wrong position and drain the battery down on an intermittent basis. And I read it, and I couldn't help but wonder to myself, my gosh, who comes up with these things, and how do they keep track of it? And and I said, you know what? That's an interview. That's that's a story, Tim. Tell us about it. I'd have to agree. If I might, I'd like to back up just for a moment and explain what SureTrack is. Sure. Uh, once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away, uh, there was something called Ask-A-Tech, which was um, basically information com- compiled and input by um, uh, technicians for Snap-on for uh, scan tools and such. And that was just kind of the the genesis of it, but SureTrack today is where we actually, uh, you've heard the term big data, what we do is we look at all of repair orders, we're looking for uh, trends, predictive part failures, things like that. So when you analyze millions of repair lines, you're going to see, yeah, obvious starter, alternator, brake, typical stuff, but what SureTrack is, it's that crucial uh, beyond information that you just couldn't come up with otherwise. And what happened in, in this particular case was there was there was three body codes that would be triggered off the um, uh, the system with the, the, the temperature control doors. And it, this is such an obscure thing that as part of uh, the expert technicians that are in SureTrack, uh, some of those people are, many of the people are, are designated experts on GM or Volkswagen or whatever it may be. So it, this was posted to SureTrack, and sure enough, with collaborating with a couple other people who were GM experts, uh, they got down to this. The, there was the... The, the audible symptom, which was the clicking, and they actually uh, came up with a testing routine and found out that because a um, nylon or plastic worm gear was worn, that these motors were supposed to cycle off at a point, and they were not doing that, and that was creating this mysterious battery drain. And so by having the experts in this community collaborate and come up with these, these it's like a detective story, and they come up with these answers, and then they are posted invisible to someone using our information system and it's ironic that we're talking about this today because this is actually a, a click on the note i got yesterday this is actually SureTrack migration day that SureTrack was a separate place a separate tab a separate destination and today is the day it is moving inside pro demand for a more integrated experience now when you say moving inside uh, pro demand being the repair shop program the not or the repair shop the information Correct. Of it, right. Um, Correct. That that's actually going to be contained within the repair shop program itself, so that it's it's easier for techs to find this information. Yes. Uh, what I should let me qualify that just a little bit. We've had something for uh, going on a couple years now called One Search, and the idea is to deliver that which the OE or factory says about the vehicle and the repair procedure, but also the expert community, meaning the SureTrack content. Now, what happens is that the tips are. Collaboration is, is easier, it's more accessible, it's more visible. I don't have to go to a separate place to check my dashboard or post to the community. I'm going to do it from inside 
go demand. Interesting. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys do a heck of a job, and I, I, I read each and every one of these, and, and, and I think some of these are the, are, the, are the precursor to if enough of these happen, if they get enough experiences of this, then I think it becomes a TSB. Do you think that's a fair statement? Do you think that's a possibility? Well, now you're you're talking about the latitude of the uh, of the OE, how they're going to address it. Right. Of course, there are tech service bulletins, there are uh, public recalls, there are silent recalls. So it really would be up to the to the OEM to do that. But what it does do uh, is that it increases the value of of what we offer. In that, here's what the factory says, here's what the technician says, and here's some additional mysteries that have been solved that you couldn't. There's no way you could solve it otherwise. Yeah, you're selling it short, Tim. I like to think of it as here's what the factory offers, here's what the techs say, here's real world. Real world, that's, exactly. That's exactly what you guys offer is real, real world. Real tips. Um, and it, it, it really is true. Hey, speaking of real world, I've got, uh, I've got three minutes. What's coming, up at, what's coming up 2016 Apex? You've got an awful lot to talk about. Well, you know, we, we try to have something new every year, and, and this year is no exception. We're, we're really hitting on all cylinders this year. If you want to, I'll just give you a quick recap here. We'll be previewing the newest version of our shop management software, which will be Manager SE 7.1, which will include the first-time opportunity to add uh, a special code or a plug-in that will actually uh, allow you to look up medium and heavy-duty trucks on the same platform and integrate to uh, truck series repair and diagnostics and truck labor to create real big-time estimates and repair orders. Uh, we're continuing to improve the scheduler. When you put in a new vehicle now, I think you will personally appreciate this, that when you're in a new vehicle, that you have the plate lookup and VIN decode right there. Uh, something that will be of interest to your, your listeners out there on, on the, just as consumers, uh, we have a new feature that uh, speaks very well of our relationship with the OEMs, and that is a new button will be visible in the program called Open Recalls. And primarily, uh, that's a relationship with Toyota. So uh, if the customer's vehicle is a Toyota, Lexus or Scion, and there are recalls that are still open, not closed for their vehicle, that button will light up, and it actually goes out and bounces off a Toyota server and comes back with the updated information. And I've got to tell you, Tim, because I was looking at the program this week, I did my update, that, yeah. is, that is stunning. I had, <laughs> I had three Toyotas in this week that all had open recalls on them, and the look on the customer's face when I was able to give them the recall, and they said, but, but, but Toyota hasn't told me about this yet. Well, what can I tell you? I'm ahead of the curve. You know, but, like, it's real. It does work. Oh, we love it's, hearing that. Yeah, That's it's, tremendous. It's, you know what? That, and, and I think the catch with that is that mm -hmm. generates customer loyalty and trust because now they go, hey, here's somebody telling me what's wrong with my car from a safety perspective from the manufacturer before the manufacturer told me, and they, they really enjoyed hearing it. Huge boost to credibility. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Uh, one other that, uh, that might relate to the, uh, the consumers, and that is we have added uh, first-mile credit card processing, which means that customers that use our shop management will be able to accept fleet cards, gift cards, additional financing options, which are helpful to the consumer in the end. Yeah, and, and the improvements also... I know you're working with um, uh, the update process. You're going to be doing things with the accounting link as well, correct? Yeah, we're, we're very much excited about that because the, this new accounting link uh, works with QuickBooks Online, which the previous product did not do, and also Peachtree, Sage, or any other 
major um, accounting package the shop wants to use, we can now accommodate that. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what, you guys are just light years ahead of everybody else. I'm stunned every time I open up the program and see the improvements. I I, I think you're at my dentist's office because I watch their scheduler and I watch your scheduler, (laughs) and I'm thinking, you know, they're doing the same thing as my dentist, and it's it's not as painful (laughs) because my teeth don't hurt when I come out of the place. Exactly. Uh, Just to to, to tie that thought there, Actually, there is, of course, the setting in the program that says, hey, before you leave, we want to set your next appointment, and you can set it up to be prompted or just automatically kick the appointment editor open with that customer's name and vehicle and everything all looked up. makes it very easy. Well, and I'll tell you what. I've started doing that since you and I had that conversation, Uh and it it, it takes a little bit of reprogramming your mind on how to do it, but once you you get into that habit and it becomes a familiar pattern, it, it actually works very well. And um, I just spoke to tech support. By the way, your tech support is still second to none. Um, Thank you. I, I just spoke to tech support this week about it. I made a couple of suggestions, and uh, the guy took down all my notes, and uh, he asked me for my name. And I said, just put Ron the car doctor. I said, when Tim sees it, he's going to go, oh, no, he's at it again. <laughs> so when, when that note comes across your desk, that was from me. All right? Got it. Um, listen, you're going to be at Vegas. We want to wish you a good trip. If the listeners are looking for more information, where can they go get it? You can go to our website. Our corporate website is simply mitchell1.com. That's mitchell, the numeral one, dot com. And we'll see you there. Okay, great. And uh, give Mr. Doulette a hello from us. I will surely right. do that. Take good care, Tim. Thanks for taking the time today. I'm Ron Annie, the car doctor. We are back right after this. Car Doctor here with a new attitude. Let's fix your car. Let's go over and talk to Mike in Wisconsin. Mike, you're on with the Car Doctor at 855-560-9900. How can I help, sir? Uh, hi. I have an interesting question for you. I've inherited just recently a 1925 Chevrolet truck. Just broken in. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering what oil should I be using to do oil changes on a vehicle that old? Do you think it's the original engine, Mike? It is the original engine. The truck only has 74,000 miles on it. Um, it was a collector's item that my dad had, and he's never done anything to it. So okay. it's not been rebuilt or anything. It's just in as-is condition. This is like a perpetual argument among car guys, the chicken or the egg, which comes first. Back in 1925, they didn't have detergent motor oil like they have today. And one of the things that detergent motor oil of today does is it helps keep the engine clean and remove sludge and varnish and things like that. So part of the argument, you you talk to an engine builder or some of the engine builders, and they'll say that you using a detergent oil on an engine like this can help clean up all the varnish and sludge. And it's a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing depending upon how much is in there in that it can loosen it up from wherever it's hiding and do damage to the engine by clogging the oil screen and starving it for oil. So, you know, my thought process is, and I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with them, my thought process is the, the truck is 80 years old. I mean, it's almost 90 years old here. Um, it, it's gotten to this point based on what it is. How much are you really going to drive it? I would be more concerned with proper viscosity 
than detergent or non-detergent. And I would, I would, me, myself, my mechanical mind, I would prefer a non-detergent oil, change it on a regular basis, kind of a gentle touch, all right? You don't want to disturb baby too much. And, mm-hmm. you know, you want to avoid having to rebuild that engine because somebody, ah, just rebuild the engine. Yeah? With what parts? We can't get things to work right for a 2015 Chevrolet. You think we're going to find parts for a 1925 Chevrolet? Um, you know, all of a sudden rebuilding that engine is not as easy a task as it once was. So that being said, what I would like you to do is contact the folks at Pennzoil. I'd like to get an expert opinion in on this also from the guys making the oil, explain it to them, and see what they have to say. All right? Uh, I I think the answer is going to come back to the same thing regarding viscosity. They may say, hey, Pennzoil may or may not make an oil for that for that particular truck, in which case I would find something in their line of a non-detergent correct viscosity. And I'm going to guess a 30 weight is probably more than adequate for this particular vehicle. But I wouldn't try to get too fancy trying to run, you know, everybody wants to run sludge cleaners through and detergent this and detergent that. Leave it alone. It it got 75,000 miles 80 years later, just like it was. It'll probably go another 30 years just like this if we put a gentle touch to it and um, just baby it along and you'll be just fine. Makes, okay. Makes sense? Makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, and I know the other suggestion had been as a possible additive. Well, yeah. you know, and then we got to start to think about the gaskets and what the gasket materials are like. I mean, 1925 was an awful long time ago. And, you know, half the chemicals in the marketplace today weren't even a, a, a pipe dream back then. And, you know, it's working now. Unless you're having oil leaks, engine performance, running issues, even if it smokes a little, who cares? Taking this apart, disturbing it. You know, unless you said to me, hey, Ron, I want to start taking this truck on a cross-country race. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't. I I I would prefer to just nice, gentle, little 30-weight viscosity, non-detergent motor oil and uh, kind of go from there. But get out to PennzoilSynthetics.com. They'll, uh, their 800 hotline number will be there, and you can talk to them and see what sort of answer they give you. All right, sir? Great. Awesome. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Mike, and glad to count you among the listenership. 855-560-9900. I'm Ron and Andy, the car doctor. We are back right after this. the car doctor we are back um real quick two comments we had the gentleman before call up about the catalytic converter i uh, wanted to know if he could drive his car back from wherever he is back home to uh, get it fixed he's out in vegas and he wants to go home i think it was to ohio um the answer to that question is if this is a catalytic converter efficiency fault p0420 yeah reasonable chance you can make it back home without having to get it repaired out there and i i understand that because you want to get it home fixed repaired in familiar surroundings people you trust people you know etc and so on so as long as that's the case as long as it runs all right you know my concern is if the cat has melted down and it's creating back pressure that's going to be a performance issue you don't want to drive it long distance like that so you've got to ask the mechanic what failed and how did it fail before you make that decision real quick let's get to richard in middletown connecticut some comments on common sense. This ought to be great. Richard, welcome to the car, Dr. Sir. Hey, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. And this is, this is 
but neat because um, last week I tuned in on my radio. It happened to come across your show. I came in on the part where you're talking about common sense with the wheel. But shortly thereafter, you started talking about a child who um, the, the tractor trailer that got stuck under a bridge. and um, Right, lowered it, let the air out of the tires. Right. Yeah. Well, did you know that that child's father was mechanic? No, I did not. And that child is me. Really? Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, I couldn't believe it when I heard it on the radio. All these years, this is like 57 years ago, I couldn't believe it when I heard that. I thought that was just a foregone incident. Huh. And yeah. when I heard it, and you brought back so many memories to me because I can remember the truck driver. You know, I mean, what had happened is he had driven under that railroad bridge, I guess, a number of times. But he didn't realize, I guess, that this, that they had gone and repaved over the road, didn't change the height, probably that was posted on the sign back then. Right. And that's how he got stuck. Do you remember what and, year that was, Richard? Before the uh, clock takes us. I tried to figure it out. I'm still working on it. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I had blonde hair and blue eyes. Well, listen, let's do this. The clock's yeah. going to take me. When you figure it out, you call us back and let us know. The listeners want to know. And uh, oh, yeah. Thanks, thanks for being part of the Car Doctor Nation. We really appreciate it. And. Uh, Thank you. I'm Ron and Amy, the car doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you.